Hello and welcome to the JTFP, the official podcast of Jackson T. Fowler. And this is episode two of the podcast, and it is a, I would like to say, much-awaited episode, but it, uh, this is episode two, and it's much overdue, and it was an episode that should have been recorded quite a long time ago. But it is one that I have put off and put off until now. But here I am. Now, the title of this episode of the podcast is is called, well, it's a statement. The title of this podcast is, The Mainstream Media is the Enemy of the New Zealand People. Now, that's a statement. It might even be considered a controversial statement. But it shouldn't be. And in this podcast, I am going to... I'm going to try and remain a little bit more structured than I normally do. Though those who know me personally know that I I can tend to go on a bit about the same thing. And if I sat here, I could talk for hours and hours about the subject. But no one's interested in hearing that. What I want to address in this episode is one issue. The fact that the mainstream media is the enemy of the New Zealand people. They are the enemy of the New Zealand people for a number of reasons, and I'm going to go through them now. I'm also going to cover some news articles and some tweets that I've collected here. I've got them printed out in front of me from some so-called New Zealand journalists. And I'm going to read them out to you. I'm going to give you my opinion. And I'm going to tell you the truth if I can say that. So, before I get into the articles, let me just explain to you why I believe that the mainstream media is the enemy of the New Zealand people. Now, let's define mainstream media in New Zealand. The mainstream media in New Zealand is is not a huge industry. It's it's dominated by a few major players. You've got the TV news, Channel 1, Channel 3, the 6 o'clock news, which for most New Zealanders, I would say, or, or a, a vast uh, sector of society in New Zealand is, is where they get their main news. I'm talking about boomers, the elderly, middle-aged, people who, who sit around the dinner table with the TV news on at 6 o'clock. There is the main written publications, the New Zealand Herald, uh, which is the, the number one newspaper. There's Stuff NZ, which, is, which was a Fairfax publication. There's News Talk ZB, which is part of the same media group as, as the Herald, NZME. And there's Radio New Zealand, which is a, a state-owned uh, government propaganda uh, state media, and there are other smaller publications, but the w- the ones I've I've talked about there are the are the main legacy New Zealand media publications. They are where I would say most New Zealanders get their news, and even and even if the news comes from another medium like Facebook, often it's it's come originally from the Herald or News Hub or or something like that. Now the 
The journalists employed by, and I say journalists very loosely, employed by these publications do not exist to gather the truth. They do not exist to uncover corruption. They do not exist to investigate the big issues. They do not exist to scrutinize our politicians or public servants or, or institutions. They exist as a mouthpiece for whichever interest is, is owning them or controlling them on a particular day. Now, that is a theme that has become more and more and more apparent as time has gone on. Undoubtedly so. They, they don't exist to investigate, they exist to, to parrot. They exist to parrot statements that have been handed to them, whether it be by an industry, a special interest group, a politician, or, or an intelligence agent, potentially. I mean, they, they just parrot whatever they need to, regardless of the truth, regardless of, of asking any tough questions and getting to, to the bottom of an issue. One theme I have noticed, and I think every, everyone's probably noticed it, it's been apparent for quite some time now, is the fact that media are used as a mouthpiece to push the vax. Telling everyone to get vaxxed, whether you're listening to News Talk ZB on the traffic updates in the morning or the afternoon, they'll give you the traffic update, you know, there's a slow patch from Papakura to Bombay, blah, 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 and then they'll tell you, get vaccinated today. The airport vaccination drive through centre is open until 6pm. Go and get your two shots for our community or something like that. They'll, they'll give you a, a slogan. And it's a slogan that's being given directly to them by the Ministry of Health or, or whoever's running the vaccination campaign. When you're watching the rugby, you know, you'll be watching the rugby and there will be, a, they'll be setting a scrum, they'll be having a little break for a couple of minutes. And the commentator, Nisbo or, or whoever it is, is telling you to go and get vaccinated, you know, and they'll be setting the scrum and, and, and a message will flash up on the screen and they'll tell you to go and get it. You know, you listen to the radio and it'll be Mike Hosking will be giving you not just his opinion that you should go and get vaccinated, but a, a message directly from a government agency being read onto what is a private radio station, a commercial radio station. So you, you get it on the radio, you get it on on the TV, you get it everywhere you look. The New Zealand Herald is running a thing they call the 90% Project, where at the top of all their articles on, on the internet, there's a big you know, meter of, of getting up to, to 90% vaxxed. And, you know, they give airtime to government propaganda about that. So I think everyone's noticed it by now, the fact that, that media are being used to push that message. Now, with that thought in mind, uh, a, a, uh, a New Zealand author uh, and a very very intelligent and insightful person that I really respect is Vince McLeod of VJM Publishing. And he has written, I don't have the article in front of me, or or he's talked about in the past, it might have even been in an interview with me, the abuse of the term conspiracy theory under the Fifth Labour government. Now, anything deemed, or, or anything that is outside of the acceptable thought of what the establishment 
wants you to think is now considered to be a conspiracy theory. If, if a bureaucrat or a politician says something, and I have reason to suspect it may not be entirely true, I'm labelled a conspiracy theorist, no matter what. No matter what. Now, I have before me here an article from NewsHub. It's an article, it's over a month old now. It was published on the 6th of October, 2021, last month. And the title of the article is, ZM hosts respond to conspiracy they've been told to talk constantly about COVID-19 vaccine. And it's published under the name Monica Barton, as apparently the journalist or reporter who's written this article. I'll read you the article, it's not a very long one. It says, ZM's breakfast show hosts have responded to a conspiratorial, that's an interesting word, complaint from a listener claiming the broadcasters have, quote, been told to, quote, talk constantly about the COVID-19 vaccine. Fletch, Vaughan and Megan addressed the message on air, which began, quote, you guys are full of it, close quote. Quote, all we hear now is COVID vaccine. You've been told to talk constantly about it, the unnamed listener said in a text read out by Vaughan. Quote, we've not been told by anybody to talk about it, he responded. His co-host Megan chimed in. Famously, this show, as soon as we get told to do something, we refuse to. If you know anything about us at all, that's completely untrue. Vaughan added that the radio host's motivation for discussing the vaccine was the hope of high vaccination rates helping New Zealanders to get back to some kind of normalcy. I think they mean normality. Quote, we just want to, we just kind of want to do things again. And this is the best chance of it happening. I know harping on only makes people dig their heels in more. But what the hell else are we going to do? He asked. It's like seatbelts. If you don't wear a seatbelt, not every drive is going to be deadly. But if you're in a crash, you're drastically reducing your chance of injury. Goodness me. That that is that is. But this is. Oh, sorry, I haven't reached the end of the article. Vaughan added, even if you're an anti-vaxxer or hesitant, I don't want to see you die. I don't want to see hospitals clogged up by, by people. I don't want to hang out with you. Don't get me wrong, he laughed. I don't want to go to those massive festivals. I don't want to hang out with anybody, but I also don't want to see people unnecessarily die because I imagine there would be people that miss you, and I don't want to see unnecessary grief. Megan added, agreed, adding, you shouldn't want to pass it on to babies, come on. A clip of the on-air moment garnered attention online, where some social media users praised the host for discussing the vaccine, while others echoed the sentiments of the angry listener. Keep talking, let's get safe and our community back to normal, one comment read. Love your work, keep it up, thank you for advocating on behalf of those without a platform who desperately want the safety of their loved ones and ourselves, and for life to get back to what will no doubt be a new normal, said another. 
but one commenter claimed they, quote, couldn't listen to the radio anymore without having the vaccine shoved down their throat. Quote, I'm not anti-vax by any stretch and will most likely get it when I need to, but I'm sick of hearing about it and being told what to do. Fuck that. Meanwhile, one fan suggested the breakfast show trio should make a vaccine-related version of the iconic McDonald's seatbelt safety song, Make It Click, given Vaughan's analogy. Right, that is the end of the article. This is a news article that I just read. Can you believe that? This is an article published on one of New Zealand's major news publications. This is what counts for news. Most of the article is quotes. The journalist or reporter who wrote that article, if they wrote it at all, wrote about three, four lines, something like that. Bugger all. This, this is what counts for journalism in this country, but it's worse than that. The first line of the article is ZM's breakfast show hosts have responded to a conspiratorial complaint. Conspiratorial complaint. So, someone suggested something that the hosts disagree with, therefore it's labelled a conspiracy. Now, are we going to pretend like radio station managers, bosses, don't have any control over the content of the program? That's rubbish. I listen to radio all the time, every day. And they're always talking about, you know, the station manager or the station director. You know, they have a meeting with them to to discuss what topics are going to be on the talkback that day to get some input from from, you know, their, their higher-ups as to what they can and can't talk about. And this article's trying to pretend, trying to pretend that suggesting they have been told to talk about the vax is conspiratorial. So, I mean, you can draw your own conclusions from that. You know, the listeners to this podcast are capable of drawing their own conclusions regarding that. So this article is pure propaganda. Pure propaganda. It doesn't investigate the claim of of the, the listener. It doesn't offer a differing opinion. It doesn't investigate the facts. All it does is parrot the exact words of of a radio host basically punching down or, or making fun of someone who texted the show. That's all it is. And anyone with half a brain cell can see that. So that's what counts as journalism in this country in 2021. An article with zero journalism. That is just pure pro-vaccine propaganda. Now, that leads me to the rest of my articles. And the rest of the articles I have before me are about the vaccine freedom mandate, whatever you want to call it, protest down in Wellington on Wednesday this week, or was it Tuesday this week? 
so on on Tuesday, I believe it was, down in Wellington, there was a peaceful protest. And New Zealanders will, will know what I'm talking about. A peaceful protest of several thousand people outside Parliament in Wellington protesting against the government is probably the broadest description of it. There were people who are anti-vax. There are people who are pro-freedom. There are people who are anti-lockdown. There were people who were pro-Trump. There are a range of people there. There were people that were protesting Three Waters. There were all sorts. So, of course, given there were about two pro-Trump flags there out of several thousand people in a city, the media chose their angle, chose their narrative to pursue to, to condemn the protest. They chose to delegitimize the protest, shall we say, by writing off the legitimacy of the people protesting. And that way, if they if they dismiss everyone that was there as crazy, insane, a nut job, mentally ill, unhinged, they don't have to address the concerns of the people protesting. Now, the first, uh, it's a tweet I have printed out before me, is from Andrew McFarlane, who on Twitter can be found at, at AndrewMacFNZ. Now, he is a soy boy TV news reporter for TVNZ. He's based over in Australia, and he reports on Australian issues uh, in New Zealand on the news. This was his tweet on the 9th of November, which was the day of the protest, which was Tuesday. And he tweeted, this is at 1.22pm, I think for New Zealand... Today will serve as a bit of a wake-up call as to the sheer damage Kwanon and misinformation has done. Oftentimes, these are vulnerable people who have been sucked down the rabbit hole. And he followed that up with, Obviously, not everyone in the crowd will be followers of those conspiracy theories, but this is an ongoing issue that's found a home in recent years. Now, to give you a bit of a hint as to what people on Twitter are like, that original tweet got 1,304 likes. Now, given he's made a, a baseless claim that people there were supporting Quanon, let me now make a baseless claim that I'd say has a hell of a lot more truth to it than, than that tweet I just read you. I would hazard a guess more than 90% of the people in that protest would never have heard of Quanon. Don't know what it means, don't know what it stands for, have no knowledge of it whatsoever. And of the, if we're being generous, 10% of the protesters who knew what it was, 5% of them, probably don't even agree with it, or, or don't even think it's legitimate. And the other 5% weren't protesting anything to do with Quanon. They're protesting lockdowns, vax mandates, you know, the loss of, of, of our rights in this country. And so, 
it's very deliberate how he framed this tweet. In the main message, he goes, I think for New Zealand today will serve as a bit of a wake-up call as to the damage Kwanon and misinformation has done. Then in the next tweet, he goes, obviously not everyone in the crowd will be followers of those conspiracy theories. Framing it as though, yes, it's a Kwanon protest, but not everyone there's Kwanon. Some of the people like nurses and teachers and doctors who want to be able to do their job without being forced to undergo an experimental medical procedure, not everyone supports Kwanon. That's very telling. Instead of, instead of a journalist going, yeah, look, maybe these people have a point. Maybe the fact that Auckland has been in lockdown for three months now is a problem. Maybe the fact that restaurants, businesses uh, are losing money hand over fist, maybe that's a problem. Maybe the mental health of the people that haven't been allowed to, to do anything for three months now, maybe that's a bit of a problem. Instead of saying to the Prime Minister, why won't you come and address this? Why won't you you give us, you know, your side of, of the issue? Instead of actually pursuing the truth, reporting the truth accurately, they chose to to sneer at, at the protesters as an, as an elitist sneering down on these people like, look at them, they support Kwanon. Obviously not everyone, but it's the implication of that tweet is it's primarily a Kwanon protest, or most of that protest is a Kwanon protest, or that's one of the major drivers of it. Which is absolutely... It's not only insane, it is, it is evil to try and condemn this protest that way, to write it off that way. That's one thing. I've printed another tweet on the day was from another so-called journalist. This is stuff reporter Henry Cook, who tweeted at 2 o'clock on Tuesday. Jacinda Ardern says the protest outside is not representative of the, quote, vast bulk of New Zealanders who have got the jab. Now that's very telling. She says she could hear it from her office, did not consider going outside to address them. So, by Jacinda saying it's not representative of the vast bulk of New Zealanders who have got the jab, she's technically correct in that the vast bulk of New Zealanders have got the jab. That's a, that's a true statement. It's, it's what, about 80-something percent? 85% of people who have had at least one? Now... Not representative of the vast bulk of New Zealanders who have got the jab. This is the other angle that the media and the Prime Minister have, have pursued in condemning this protest. They've tried to write it off as an anti-vax protest. Is that the protest is specifically of people against anti-vax. It's, it's specifically a protest by the anti-vax, people who are against vaccines. Now, anti-vax in this context, is a very misleading term. It's it's wrong to suggest people that are against the Pfizer vaccine are anti-vax. Anti-vax used to mean something. It used to mean people that didn't believe any vaccine was safe. But, you know, I, I said at the start of this episode I would stick to the point, and that's what I intend to do. But, all right, let's accept their definition of anti-vax. 
for a second. They've tried to write this protest off as anti-vax, as though only people that are not vaccinated are there. Well, I can guarantee you a hell of a lot of people that were there were vaccinated, are vaccinated, have been vaccinated, will be vaccinated. They're people that have complied with everything until this point. They've been told, stay home. Don't go to work. Don't go to school. Don't see your family. Don't see your friends. Don't open your restaurant. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do the other thing. They've complied with everything. They've stayed home. They've worn a mask. They've had the vax. And they've found that they've been lied to at every turn. Lied to about the efficacy of the vax. Lied to about the efficacy of masks. Been put into tyrannical, just insane lockdowns that have gone on for months and months and months. Despite, you know. So, by dismissing it as an anti-vax protest, they've decided that that anti-vaxxers are too far gone. They are the scrap heap of human society. They are people that can be dismissed, forgotten about, ignored. And so, it's again... This this very statement from the Prime Minister is another attempt to divide New Zealand down the middle. One side, the vaxxed. The other side, the anti-vax. When that is not accurate in the slightest, I know many, many people who are vaccinated, who have had both vaccines, and are probably going to have another one when it's offered in six months' time. But they don't support mandates. They don't support forced vaccinations to get into the supermarket or the stadium or the movies. They don't support people losing their job because they don't want to undergo a medical procedure. And I know many, many people who didn't want the vax. They desperately didn't want it. But in the end, they chose to feed their family, to keep their job, to be able to do just a few of the things we consider to be our rights. And so they got the vax against really their own will. And for a guy like Henry Cook, who's tweeted this, this just in his statement, he'll never push back on it. He'll never, in his capacity as a journalist, say, hold on. Given thousands of people are protesting, don't you have a duty to respond when thousands of New Zealanders stop what they're doing to come out and make their voice heard, don't you have a duty and a responsibility to address them? Henry Cook just accepts exactly what Jacinda says and reports reports it verbatim. That speaks to his journalistic integrity. The other, one of the other articles I have printed is a column by Jason Walls. It's an opinion piece published on Monday, the day before the protest, at 8.14pm. So, only sort of 12 or 14 hours before the protest began. And I'll read it to you. Jason Walls. Attacks on the media are escalating and look like they'll only get worse. There are three certainties in life for journalists. Death, taxes and a fair amount of criticism. The latter comes of the territory, and for the past few years I've become accustomed to a certain level of feedback from people unhappy with my coverage or questions. 
It's not unusual for me to receive unsolicited, unsolicited messages on Facebook or Instagram from these people. Sometimes pretty ugly stuff. I know other reporters get them too. But recently there's been a stark and worrying change in the level of animosity directed at journalists. Yesterday morning, for example, my partner woke me up to tell me someone's been commenting on her photos with deeply personalised criticisms directed at me. To get to me, they came at her. For others in the news media, it's been worse. Over the weekend, a One News cameraman was attacked by anti-vaxxers while filming a vaccination event in Greymouth. A News Hub reporter was heckled by a member of the public as she was setting up for a story. Unfortunately, all signs point to these sort of incidents not just continuing, but getting worse. New Zealand's now at the ugly end of the vaccination rollout. Almost everyone who wants to be vaccinated has been. This is where it gets interesting. Among the remaining 10 or so percent yet to get the jab is the incredibly vocal anti-vaccination community. They seem to be united by two things. Their distrust of the government and their hate of the mainstream media. Which is just not true at all. The remaining 10% is made up of people who are anti-vax. It's made up by people who want a different vax. It's made up by people who who maybe are pregnant or they want to have a baby in the future and they don't want to damage their chances of that by taking something experimental that hasn't been proven or, or proven safe yet. And all signs point to it not being safe. So to suggest that 10% or or 15%, whatever it is, of the public are anti-vax is yet again misinformation. And I'll come back to that point a little bit later. Misinformation. The former was on full display last week after a far-right conspiracy theorist faked media credentials to get into a press conference to heckle the Prime Minister. So there is, there is more information. There's an un substantiated an unproven claim by Jason Walls that the person that was protesting the Prime Minister, heckling the Prime Minister at that press conference down in, uh, was it Wanganui? No, it was Northland. Was, is a far-right conspiracy theorist. Now, according to Jason Walls, we just have to accept that he is correct, that he is the source of all knowledge. He's the single source of truth. And everything he says is by definition accurate, otherwise he wouldn't be given a platform on Newstalk ZB to say it. So, without actually telling us what makes this man far-right or a conspiracy theorist, he just writes him off as such. Jacinda Ardern said she was only taking questions from, quote, accredited news media and moved past the press conference to another location, which she was right to do. The incident was clipped up and put online, where it went viral on the fringe far-right, anti-vax websites and forums. Even podcaster Joe Rogan, who admittedly is not either fringe or far-right, had a crack at Ardern. Now that's where I'll leave Jason's article for now, while I pick up my next News News Hub article, published on the 5th of November, which was a few days before the protest, where Grant Robertson was asked about Joe Rogan's comments about Jacinda. Joe Rogan was not complimentary of Jacinda. 
This is what Grant Robertson had to say about Joe Rogan. Quote, in terms of how worried I am about the views of extreme right-wingers, I'm generally worried about those in the world, but specifically right now, I'm just focused on people getting people vaccinated, he said. Robertson said he isn't worried about right-wing extremists could spread misinformation and influence the view of people that are sitting on the fence about getting vaccinated. Quote, misinformation about COVID-19 is spread by many different sources, Robertson says. So this is a News Hub article supposedly written by a bloke called William Hewitt. Now, William Hewitt copies and pastes, basically, quotes verbatim Grant Robertson's statement calling Joe Rogan an extreme right-winger. He doesn't, he doesn't specifically call Joe Rogan an extreme right-winger, but he was asked about Joe Rogan's comments and then said extreme right-winger. So, so that's pretty clear what he thinks of Joe Rogan. Now, even Jason Walls, in, in his column has to say, even podcaster Joe Rogan, who admittedly is not either fringe or far-right. So what you have there is misinformation from Grant Robertson. The Deputy Prime Minister, who in one breath talks about misinformation about COVID as spread by many different sources, he just finished spreading misinformation about Joe Rogan. So, not only does this guy have zero credibility, zero integrity, he's a complete liar. So why the hell would anyone trust what he has to say about misinformation when he himself is the one spreading misinformation about Joe Rogan? Now, the job of a journalist, I thought, was to investigate what politicians said, was to look beyond the spin, ask some questions... And find out the truth. Now you would think a guy like William Hewitt, who is employed by NewsHub as supposedly a journalist, a reporter, would have said, actually Joe Rogan's not far right, he's a Bernie Sanders supporter. He's a guy who endorsed Bernie Sanders. Yet he, he lets Grant Robertson spread misinformation, unchecked, unfact-checked, unquestioned, accepted as gospel. Pretty telling. Now, back to Jason Walls. His column goes on, blah, blah, blah. It's basically, poor me, poor me, poor me, I'm a reporter, people are being mean to me, people people don't like me. Now, Jason, you'd have to ask yourself why do people not like the media? Why do people not trust the media? And I think it's pretty obvious to most New Zealanders. What we have over here is not journalism, it's fake news. It is controlled opposition, it is distraction techniques, it is, it is lies upon lies. Perhaps if the New Zealand media took their job seriously and did some actual journalism on occasion, people would have a little bit more respect for them. There was one story that I can remember in recent times that that people actually deserve to know that was some actually good journalism. It was a story about the flu vaccine last year, 
And every day at the press conference, the Prime Minister, Ashley Bloomfield, they're all telling us, we've got plenty of flu vaccines, we've got plenty of flu vaccines. And one of the journalists for One News, I think it was, went in and looked at the story and, and used the Official Information Act and found out that the health officials were lying through their teeth when they said we had enough vaccines. They were just telling lies. That's some actual journalism. Catch the person who is leading this whole COVID scam, Ashley Bloomfield, the, the main Fauci, if you like, of New Zealand, is a liar. They found out he's a proven liar. And yet that doesn't translate to any criticism, any questioning, any any questions about his integrity. Because as far as I'm concerned, if you're a public official caught lying on TV every day, you have no integrity, you have no business being a public official. Yet our journalists will never hold him to that standard. If Jason Walls wants to know why New Zealanders hate the mainstream media, I think he needs to look in the mirror. I think he needs to understand that the sort of issues he reports are not of consequence to the New Zealand people. They're not of consequence to to people that are struggling. You know, when the media reports things like Jacinda's daughter interrupts live stream or Jacinda reveals daughter's birthday cake or Jacinda reveals daughter Neve's first words or Clark Gayford this, Clark Gayford that. That's what counts as journalism in this country. Meanwhile, the cost of living is is going up so fast people can't keep their head above water. You know, they spend more time worrying about you know, the colour of of Jacinda's daughter's nappy than people that are actually struggling. They spend more time worrying about that than about the fact that the man leading this COVID response is a proven liar. It's fake news. It's controlled opposition. And to come back to what I said in the title of this episode, they are the enemy of the New Zealand people. They are not our friend. They do not work for us. They do not serve us. They are actively our enemy. Because everything they does enables the government's... It enables the government's ability to enact human suffering. They've enacted human suffering through inflation. They've enacted human suffering through MIQ. They've enacted human suffering through lockdowns and through just about everything else they have done. And the mainstream media enables that because they never ask any questions, they never do any scrutiny, and then they turn around and sell it to the public as though everything's okay. That's what they do. That's what they've done for several years. And they have the audacity to wonder why people hate them. Well, if they want people to stop hating them, They would do their jobs, they'd do some actual journalism, and they would stop cheerleading for this government, which is what they are so hell-bent on doing. And why is that? Well, it might have something to do with the $55 million handed out to them. It might have something to do with the fact that the government is looking to bring Radio New Zealand and TV New Zealand into one entity. 
The media are not our friend, the media are our enemy. The media exists to deceive. The 6 o'clock one news exists to condition the New Zealand public into believing that if they are against the vax, if they're against mandates, if they're against Pfizer, they are the only one. They exist to condition our minds and to program us with our thoughts. And the journalists are just the, the willing stooges going along with it, selling it to us. They have no integrity, and that is why people hate them, because they are our enemy. Thank you very much for listening to this, this episode of the JTFP, the official podcast of Jackson T. Fowler. It is my pleasure to have you listen, and it is my pleasure to be with you. Thank you very much, and we'll see you again soon.